Not hearing what you want to hear? Check out WQAQ.com to see our on-air schedule. Our DJs are playing everything from punk, loud rock, and classic rock to alternative hip-hop and sports. WQAQ.com. Your online connection to the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Hank, everybody let's go downtown to the Sky Show. There's a Sky Show. Come on, let's go. Join WQAQ 98.1 FM at Burt Concourt for Spring Fest with Real Big Fish. Tickets are on sale to the public starting Monday, March 25th. $10 online and $15 at the door. Quinnipiac students receive free entry with a QUID. Doors open at 7 p.m. on April 6th. We want to dance and sing and forget about everything. Don't want to fight. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Q30 Television is Quinnipiac's only student-run television Come station. On, Knock you out. Welcome to the Mac and Main Show. I'm Stephen McAvoy, along with Jack Main, and our special guest, Eric Kerr, joining us once again. <sighs> the Monday of finals. I had a final today. Actually, two. One in baseball history. I got, got a fat 100. Uh, and then my decision, my decision-making final, shout out Jill McKeon, uh, was wild. Uh, as of right now, if I can at least get a C, I, I will get Dean's list. Well, so we'll see how that one goes. My mom, my mom said that she she expects that I make Dean's list. And mom, I, ho- I hope you did. I hope I did too. <laughs> you know, it's it's all up in the air right now, especially with my media trends class. I have I have media trends. I have once a week right. for for like three hours, mm-hmm. right? So it's those late, and it's from like six thirty to nine. So. It's one of the yeah, rough. Uh, it's a real rough. It's a rough. It's trends? a rough time. Like yeah, media I had trends. two days a week from like an hour, hour and fifteen. But it was an eight a.m. So it was. Oh, it's even yeah. worse. Yeah, Yikes. it was rough to to wake up and talk about in the morning. But I have like I've been staunch on never ever taking a night class or or an eight a.m. ever in my life. I had eight a.m.s every uh, Monday through Friday my sophomore year first semester. It's awful. I've one never of, one, of, one of the worst times. Of my I've life. never taken an eight a.m. The earliest class I've ever taken was a nine. That's fine with me. And, yeah, and the earliest class, my fir- first semester, the earliest class I ever took was was like an 11.30. That was the earliest of my classes. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, like, like I, I've I've had the hardest time in this one management class, and it's been absolutely killing me. I've gotten A's in just about everything else, but this one class has been just like, like the cross of my humanity. You guys just heard my mom text me. By the way, that was that loud ding. My mom... Oh, what you say? My mom uh, just said, hey... Off the radio and go study, go study for media trends. Yeah, listen to your mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, get come off on. the radio. <laughs> All right, you know what? I think I'm just gonna solo it uh, tonight, and I'll and I'll let you. Uh, go yeah, study I, your I, media trends. I could do that. Actually, mom, to make you feel a little better, the media trends test is actually a take home. So, oh, I, I, oh, so it's not even that bad. Hey, hey, Lucky hey, dog. hey! Don't don't cheat. There's very good. There's very there's lo- very specific rules at this university about. about uh, oh, don't don't worry. Integrity. Don't worry. I don't. Been, but he said that we are allowed to use outside sources for our for our answers. We just have to, oh, we just have to cite them. Oh, all right, fine. Which is fine, fine with me. So so you know. Other than that, no. So I had one final today, and then I'm literally going to sit in my room and twiddle my thumbs Tuesday and Wednesday, and then I have a presentation Thursday where I'm just going to show Todd Helton highlights. <laughs> for, <laughs> oh, oh, for, uh, for baseball stats. stats yeah. No, that's dope. I took the same class with with uh, Stanley Rothman, and uh, I I so the whole the whole point of the class was to uh, compare one player in the Hall of Fame, one player who was in the Hall of Fame, all, both who played within within the same era, like decade, 
and I did Johnny Bench and Joe Torre. Jeff, that and, was really good. And I literally just showed Joe Torre highlights, the very few that he had. And th- there was one bit where I found a video, and it was just like it was two Joe Torre highlights as a player, and then just him yelling at, man- at yelling at like at at, uh, at, at like um umpires. Oh, it was the funniest thing. They were like, "Wait, wait, this isn't a player hi- player's highlight." Reel. I said, "Yeah, but he's in the Hall of Fame as a manager, so it counts." He he really should be in as a player. I agree with you, but. We, uh, all right, <laughs> we gotta we we gotta get rolling right here. So all right, so. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. We're on to Cincinnati. On ninety-eight point one WQAQ. You believe in miracles? Yes, it's out of here. Bartolo has done it. The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. And we, <laughs> so Steve, Steve, Steve forgot that we actually started cold opening last week. I didn't even know we had the intro. So yeah, we have, we have <laughs> to play, we have to play the intro. So oh the, the big headline of this past week is, or this past weekend is probably the most compelling sporting event in the history of professional sports, the Kentucky Derby. I wouldn't call it that. I, I would just call it the Mecca for losing money. <laughs> oh my God. Talk about, talk about one of the most Improbable finishes in the history of sports. I, all right, I, I'm I'm no like horse expert. I've never like I don't watch the Kentucky Derby just because I'm not very interested in it. But like, could someone explain to me what the interference call was? Like, if there's any any trace of like evidence to anything so, that, that you okay. can help me out with. So the two the two horses that were involved uh, was called Maximum Security and Country House. Two great nature horses, by the way. Yeah. So by the way, go look at our Twitter. Go look at our Twitter from like three days ago. Steve Steve put a tweet out saying asking what's your house what's your what's your horse name and it's like your your color shirt that you're wearing. Which by the way, Steve, you are looking. Bright as a flower today. I, I literally look like a highlighter, and it's kind of bad. Uh, actually, if you go uh, to the uh, in the booth WQAQ Twitter, my friend Sean sitting right next to me, he posted a photo. I literally look like a highlighter. Uh, the shirt I ordered was was <laughs> titled Neon Red Orange, which is three very different things all thrown into one little combo. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell I'm wearing. So but it, was like, it was like your color shirt, your your pet. The, the last word that, that you texted. Okay, yeah. The last and then your car make, which by the way, you put. Something Honda, and I'm like that. I'm like, first of all, I think I put, I think I said, um, purple laundry Honda. Yeah, but the problem is that that Honda isn't the Honda isn't the make. Well, other people said like Lexus and and Infinity. No, no, people said like Liberty, which is like a Jeep Liberty. Okay, so then I would be Odyssey. Yeah, so you're a Honda Odyssey. I'm a Sean. um, Don't laugh at me right now, Sean. What car do you drive? Uh, oh five Ford Explorer. Yeah, all right, that's beautiful. I mean, I I mean, it could be worse. I'm in a a Hyundai Tucson. Which is like, which, which, which I've come to the realization that at Aquinnipiac University, if you you're either driving a Jeep Wrangler or a Hyundai Tucson, and then maybe if if you're really that lucky, you're the one guy in the Dodge Charger, the Lamborghini. Okay. All right, we got to get back onto the topic. Sorry, yeah, so yeah. the Kentucky Derby. So maximum security, <laughs> who was actually one of the favored horses. I, I it was like it was like eight to one. Yeah, was it about that? You think you think it was nine two? I think it might have been nine to two, and then the other guy country was horse sixty five to one. I'm pretty country sure. house was sixty five to one. So country, so it was. Either. By the way, it was pouring rain, so the track is sloppy as bleep. Track <laughs> was, is. There you go. Track was sloppy. <laughs> country house is on the outside of the pack, trying to make a move up, mm-hmm. and maximum security. That horse m- moved over. Illegally into the into the second lane, okay, and bumped Country House or, or bumped another horse, which affected Country House, and they were not able to properly make their advance. So first across the line was Maximum Security because they essentially ma- Maximum Security set a screen on all the other horses, um, and then crossed the line first. Country House was second uh, to, to cross physically. And then there was a, there was like a, what would you call it? Like a protest or, or like a, objection. I think obje- it's called. okay. There was an objection. Uh, a, a petition. Yeah. No, it was not a petition. They were just what? calling it an objection. What's the, the, what's the, ter- what's the term, term in baseball when a manager, uh, protest. Pro- yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Protest. But yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't a protest because protests are post post game. Okay. So this was a, this was an, um, and yes, it was an objection. There you go. And they took close to 30 minutes. Yeah. To review 
if it was a foul or not. They came, like, everyone's like, oh, they're not going to call it a foul. They talked to the jockeys on the phone after, um, and then it took 30 minutes, but then they finally DQ'd maximum security, and, and Country House was given the dub. One of the big things that they were talking about was that if it had been, I think it was a matter of inches closer of the interference, that the, I think it was the heels could have clicked and hit the other horse, and then that horse could have gone down, and it would have just been a chain reaction. I'm sure jockeys would have gotten hurt. Yeah. So that's one of the, I think, the big reasons why, aside from the fact that it, you know, it was an interference, that it's just generally dangerous for everyone involved. Yeah, it, it's it was it was pretty bad. And I remember they they talked to the jockeys, and I remember the jockey who was riding maximum security said, "Oh, that wasn't me trying to screen off the other horses. My horse was reacting to crowd noise." Mm-hmm. Which is complete and utter bogus. He did say the horse was a baby, though. And They're I mean, this babies. is the biggest. This is the arguably. I mean, the Preakness is pretty big, but this is arguably the biggest horse race that there is. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, hundred thousand people. I think they said were there. Definitely, the people were riled up. They definitely got in one before that horse mm-hmm. race with all the horses races leading up to it. So I, I don't really know much about horses, but I could definitely see. I'd be spooked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out. Can you? Can you Google for me right now? I got you. How many? Because I was trying to look it up real quick. I couldn't figure it out. How many times? How many runnings of the Kentucky Derby have there been? I think it's like 164. Okay, four, three. So there is 164 runnings of the Kentucky Derby in history, and in no, in no, in none of them ever has there ever been a DQ for the win. Uh, yeah, but like a sport like a sport like horse racing is one of those things that, that it it's kind of like what what baseball was back in like the 60s, 70s, where it was a gentlemen's kind of game where like it, it it always developed as the higher class men kind of game the gentlemen's game yeah so like i can understand the fact that there hasn't been one just because people are like there's too much of respect towards the jockeys as a whole mm-hmm. like like you, you never hear stories about how like jockeys are like like a like calling calling everybody out right and, like right it, it just isn't it isn't like other sports I, it's one of those like like classier games. I love I love the Kentucky Derby. My mom has always been super into it since I was a little kid. Yeah, like you've thrown parties for the Kentucky Derby. What on the street is that? I used to re- used to ride horses. I did. I did and very been, very uh, little. I've been trying to pressure Jack into joining the club equestrian no. team. I think it'd be hilarious. Yeah, the newly established this year. Come on, it, it is a. I, I see a future it. team captain right here. Pretty sure, pretty sure. Almost positive it is a co-ed team too. So, so I think you should go over that. It is a co-ed, but I'm not going to join the equestrian team. I'm I'm, I'm going out for club baseball. Oh. That's pretty boring, right? They just won the ship too. Pretty they did. Sure. The Hamden Braves yeah. won the ship. You and I both. Uh, I'll uh, try out in the fall. Probably make a fool of myself, but hey, might as well go out for it. So we, right, that's enough on that's enough on horses. All right, you, the other hidden talents that I have, I also play the piano. People don't talk about that. Though. Yeah, all right, hold on. I saw a video of that, and I was like, whoa, I'm very play, impressed. Uh, yeah, you you play the piano. I do play piano. That's pretty cool. How long have you been playing for? Oh, uh, since uh, second grade. So Ooh, okay, you want to teach me? It's tough, man. I'm, I'm not. Very, I'm not trying to get back into it. I I actually. Uh, Played piano uh, like it's my second grade year as well, and I played played for like four or six years afterwards. But I kind of just stopped. So uh-huh. I know, I'm trying to pick it back up again. No man, I'm. I'm you want after? You, are you doing anything after this? Uh, not that I know of. All right, after this, we're going down to Buckman. We're gonna we're going do, to the studio. We'll, oh yeah, we're making plans now. We're gonna, we'll go down to Buckman <laughs> Theater at eight oh five. We're gonna go tickle the Ivories, and then we're gonna go listen to From the Bleachers because they have Bob Sosi coming on. <laughs> ivories. <laughs> Tickle, that, say, that's okay, the saying. Okay. When you when you're saying I'm gonna go play piano, we tickle the ivories. Okay, I like that. It sounds like some like a like Wrigley Field thing. All right, all right. We got so, we got we got Eric Kerr. So Eric, <laughs> yes, we bought you on for basketball. For basketball. We, 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 we ought to talk about basketball. Right now. We've literally gone gone off track. So uh, so first of all, I, I have a couple of things I want to get your opinion on. Yeah, sure. Before we talk about the NBA playoffs, so uh, Steph Curry bricked a dunk. Of the night and yeah, and, lo- and lost Luke Legrano a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Which also the gambling addiction of Quinnipiac students is a whole other story. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I, I I was reading an article um, about the game and one of the things that, that a lot of Warriors players are saying is that the starting five is getting too many minutes. Do you think that's going to take a toll on them playing against Houston, and that Houston actually might end up, end up coming back in the series? See, I think um, I think you're definitely right with the Warriors starters getting a lot of minutes because the issue with this Warriors lineup that they haven't had in the past is their bench depth. Yeah. Um, because of the moves they made to get DeMarcus Cousins, um, they had to give up a lot of pieces for that. 
uh, in return, and just like losing those like bench players and role players over time to keep people players like Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, like people like that. Their bench depth has has not been strong, which is why they've been playing uh, those starters for for considerable amount of minutes. And I think over time, against a team like the Rockets, who really looks to wear you down with their fast paced offense consistently on the break, I think it's going to wear that team down. Now, will they have will they get out of the Western Conference Finals because of that? I think they still will because I think Golden State is too talented. But, like, if the Rockets can really extend the series, it's 2-1 right now. If the Rockets can really just start to, like, play the, at the level that we know they're able to, able to, like last year they took the Warriors to seven games in the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. I think that just becomes, like, a much more interesting series, like, down the line. If Because Houston has that kind of style that really will tire out the Golden State Warriors, and especially their starters, for, like, to play those good amount of minutes. So, we, I, I was, you know... Obviously, the was it Game 3? It was Game 3 uh, of the uh, Western Conference semifinals. And after the game, we it was all put on Steph Curry that he was the reason why the Warriors lost, uh, either because he bricked a dunk or because he just didn't have a very good shooting night. But we also have to talk about the fact that James Harden, who supposedly injured his eye, actually not supposedly, he did, he did injure his eye, uh, came out, had a lights-out shooting night. Um, but... Why are we why are we hearing this t- the, these claims by Stephen A by Max Kellerman after after the games of saying Steph took this game away from the Warriors? Why are we hearing that? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's personally true. I think it's kind of like a team effort because it's not good if you're like not scoring over a hundred points in a basketball game, especially if you're the Golden State Warriors. I'll just double check on the score before I say that. But you know, with all the star players you have in the team, it kind of revolves around. Uh, the whole body of work of the rest of the guys. You know, if one guy's not contributing, it's one thing, but you all have to, like, really be contributing together and to make sure you, you do score a good amount of points to try to get that win because, let's be honest, if you're Golden State, you're priding, you're priding yourself on offense and defense. You have to be able to really, like, put the ball in the basket and, and on that side, and I think, you know, it's a whole comes down to a whole team effort. Like, yeah, Stephen Curry, he, he was a little off that game, you know, didn't really play as best as he wanted to. Uh, but at the end of the day, actually, the, my, my bad. The final score is one twenty six, one twenty one, final in OT. Um, but yeah, I think, I think all in all, like everyone else needs to step up. Like, obviously, uh, Clay Thompson didn't play that well either. He only had sixteen points in, in forty six minutes, two more than Curry did. Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant was by far the one person who carried the Warriors in that game with forty six that night. I think so. That just goes to show, like, if you have a guy scoring forty six and not anyone else can go over twenty. Then you just really need the whole body of work from the team to really right. come through, and that's that's why they lost in overtime. Overtime because you know maybe Kevin Durant got a little bit gas because no one else was really helping him out, and right. that just goes from go through so, in the long run. Can Steph Curry dunk? No, <laughs> we don't. We know what he does. He's the best three point shooter in, in the NBA right now. He's, he's sticking with that. He's got good handles. He's got uh, good size for a guard, but he just can't he can't dunk. He doesn't have that type of athleticism. The knees just wear him out. Didn't he brick a? Uh, a he broke a couple of dunks during the regular, during the regular season that were that went um, yeah highlighted yeah. on uh, House of Highlights and then I think no, top ten I'm, I'm pretty sure in the playoffs last year too yeah but, like I don't know no, what it is he's just but. he's just not a dunker he's he's someone who, he doesn't practice someone who knows how to score on the floor he knows how to get by the defender using dribble moves and angles he doesn't he doesn't rely on a lot of athleticism mm-hmm. he relies a lot on the floater and touch and just game around the rim to score don't get he's us, not shooting three don't get us wrong though he is still. A superb no, athlete. I'm, yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong. He's really quick and fast, but he just doesn't have like the huge bounce that you'd like to see out of him, which is why he can't really right. dunk the ball. Moving over to the other semifinals, we have, uh, I know Sean Raggio, huge Blazers guy. Yeah, I'm a huge. love. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to hear this. So, uh, so I know we were talking about it earlier, me and Eric both had the thunder uh, over the Blazers. Yeah, you know what I said? I said, you guys are both wrong. Uh, hey, hey, you're right, right you know at what? the end of the day. I, I was on the Paul George bandwagon. I don't like Russell Westbrook. I think Dame Lillard's way really? better. I, I agree. That shoulder injury think. killed Paul George. I yeah, think exactly. that's why he didn't play as well as he did. And, mm-hmm. and like, I, I, I honestly had uh, I had OKC in seven, but I, I'm totally I'm totally fine with the Blazers, but the, but the series is currently tied at two, at two apiece. Uh, it's been rel- it's been very very close the whole way through. We gotta but we gotta talk about this four overtime game. Oh, oh absolutely that was great! So, I wanted it to go to five. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it was three points away from going to five. So, so the Blazers and the Nuggets uh, went to went to four overtimes, the longest since 1953, when the Boston Celtics played the Syracuse Nationals. Holy cow! For those of you who answered the poll, the Celtics were uh, were correct, uh, but. Uh, 
Eric, what is like what what is there to talk about with with the Blazers and the Nuggets? My biggest question with the Nuggets is why hasn't Isaiah Thomas played in so long? It, maybe it's just because I'm not watching. Maybe it's because he's, he's injured. Yeah, right Isaiah Thomas has kind of lost his all of his athleticism from that hip injury. And with nice. with guards like on the Nuggets like Jamal Murray and uh, Gary Harris and Torrey Craig and people like that, they already have enough depth in the team where they don't really need to play Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. And just that defensive liability too with his size. Like no fault on him. Like he was born that way. But like <laughs> that that size just goes like a huge disadvantage from the defensive end. I just don't think they really have a need to play him, which sucks because, like, I'm personally I'm a huge Isaiah Thomas fan, but I just think that Nuggets team does too much depth at the guard position is why he just hasn't been getting any minutes. They gave him a chance the regular season, but playoffs time, you got to play your best guys, and right now Isaiah's not on the top of that list. Would you say that – so do you think the Nuggets' length will be able to match up against the Blazers' length? Because obviously the Blazers have incredible depth in terms of – uh, their men down yeah. low. They proved it so far. They definitely proved it so far. I mean, look at the series. It's tied 2-2. They have some solid guards that can compete with with uh, Lord and McCollum. I don't know if they have anyone necessarily can lock them down, but they definitely have like people that are able to like keep up with them in terms of scoring. Like Jamal Murray, we've seen it a, a, uh, the past couple games. He knows how to put the ball in the basket. Uh, same thing Gary Harris. He's a great defender. He's been doing a great job in being up lower this series. Uh, so I think that they just have enough depth where they can be able to handle with Lord and McCollum in the long run, which is why they've been able to push out the series. But, like, the lack of experience, as we're all kind of worried about with the Nuggets going as far as they can, mm-hmm. has made this series close, which I this is why I think is definitely the best uh, uh, series of basketball right now. Agree, both teams yeah. are just so yep. evenly matched. Yep. So, so we, you know, I think you both, I think you predicted, you predicted this series was actually going to be Spurs and Thunder. I know, I picked, I, I had the Nuggets going on. Is that you did? Yeah. Who did the Spurs play? The Spurs played the Nuggets. So okay, so you yeah, did I had have, the Nuggets and I, I had the Sp- I had the Spurs moving on. Yeah, but you had the Thunder and I had Portland. Right, you're welcome. So yeah, baby. So 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 who what, what's the what's the official prediction for the rest for, it's a, for this it's series? Essentially, it's a three game series now. Well, I actually was talking about this with a couple other people on a uh, radio show last night, and uh, my take is that whoever wins Game Five. Uh, we'll have a great chance of winning the series because uh, it's pivotal. Right, it's pivotal. This is huge because if the Nuggets lose this, then they go right back to Portland being down three two, and mm-hmm. Portland I think will just take Game Six no matter what because they're going to have the home crowd behind them. They're yeah. going to really need that win regardless of what side because they know Denver is such a huge, huge home court advantage for them. They've won so many games at home this year, um, and I think Portland just really, really needs that that win and Game 5, because they want that Game 6 victory to home to try to close out the series. Mm-hmm. If they have to go back to Denver to Game 7, who knows what could happen. So Let's, it, The same thing happened with San Antonio and Denver last series. It was a Game 7 at Denver. Mm-hmm. Denver took advantage of it, and they won. So yep. Absolutely. So let's move it over to the East. Cause let's go Let's go Sixers-Toronto sure, so, first. Cool, so cool. My, my big thing with, with Toronto Sixers is that, uh, actually, this will kind of lead into a, a whole side topic that I want to get into, but... Uh, so the series is currently tied to, tied to two apiece. We're going to be heading to Toronto next uh, on the, tomorrow, actually. So, what are your thoughts on Kawhi versus Embiid, the beef, and everything that's going on? Uh, how Joel Embiid wants to move the training staff to the court side, like like all this stuff's going on. Man, there's whole stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff to talk about. I think we both tied, talked about the training room before, mm-hmm. and I think. Yeah. We kind of came to the senses of that. Like, there shouldn't even need one. Like, uh, absolutely not, yeah. I don't think this is really necessary. <laughs> and second of all, with, like, the series as a whole, I personally think that Kawhi has been the, one of the top performers of this postseason so far. And I think he's, like, definitely showed that in carrying his team to the, the two games that they have won in the series. Now, to give credit to Pascal Siakam, too, he's been balling out as well. Absolutely. But no one else in the team has really been stepping up. And the Raptors pride themselves on depth. But if that depth's not showing up, and it's giving them some tougher games than they should have. Look, in my opinion, I think the series should be 3-1 instead of 2-2. I think the, the Raptors have given Philadelphia some games, especially that game two where Philly only scored 94, but they yep. scored 89. You know, they need, they need to start playing better on the, on the defensive. They need to start playing better on the offensive end, starting to, ha- start to have more consistency from people like Kyle Lowry, who we've known has disappeared in the playoffs in the past, and same thing with people like Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, mm-hmm. those kind of guys that they picked up knowing that they need to have production from that, their starting core, but also their bench unit as well. They need to have more production than it can't be a two-man seniors uh, series against a starting line, but so lethal like Philadelphia. So we need so it's 
it's been apparent here that, that we've seen actually that Jimmy Butler's been playing most point guard for the Sixers. They kind of shifted Ben Simmons over to like a power forward shooting guard almost almost type of role for him. Uh, Jimmy Butler's, of course, free agent to be at the end of the year. Do you think that the Sixers are saying, okay, we want to retain you, and the way to get the way to the way to persuade you to stay is get you more touches. We'll move you to point. Ben Simmons not even isn't even a he, Ben Simmons by definition is not a great point guard, but he is a great basketball player. He's a great distributor. So mm-hmm. are we maybe seeing the Sixers trying to say, all right, Jimmy, we want you to come back. Let's get you more touches. Let's let's put you the in the The whole Jimmy situation guard. is all over my head. I have no idea how the, the Sixers are going to retain that roster. They made the moves they made to say, okay, we're going to try to give all our pieces, put all our chips in, and try to win now. Mm-hmm. But the huge debate and question that's going to become after the season, especially like after this playoff series, if they lose to the Raptors, is we don't know if all these guys are going to stay. Because Jimmy Butler's been all up in the air. Like, we don't know where he's going after this year. I mean, they're giving, like, Jimmy more touches, and he's been showing out and balling out in the series, but we don't know where his head's at. Same thing with Tobias mm-hmm. Harris. Like, we don't know where his head's at. We don't know what kind of money he wants or, like, what kind of deal he expects to get from the Sixers. There's a whole lot of questions to answer for the team, and I just don't know, like, that whole situation. Like, who who the Philadelphia and, like, who else in brand's going to want to choose to sign and bring back? I think Jimmy should be the high priority because he's definitely the better player. Uh, like if someone like Tobias Harris and like even Ben Simmons as well. I mean, they'll still yeah. have Ben Simmons next year, regardless of the contract. But uh, it's just tough. Like honestly, I think I would choose Jimmy Butler, but just kind of like you know, like just the way he's been playing the series and scoring and stuff like that. But. So before we let you go here, we do have to talk about the Boston Celtics. You and I, yeah, Mike and Dan Kagan, big, big, big Celtics guys over here. It's it's one it's one nothing. Oh, the Bruins! Are, the Bruins are playing right now. <laughs> the hockey guys too. No, those guys are going to be on here in about in about five yeah, minutes. That game's actually that uh, game four actually just started, Jack. It's twenty-five to seventeen right now, Celtics. So Celtics, the first there quarter, go. There we go. There so. we go. So it's a, it's two one. It's two one Milwaukee right yeah, now. Two yep, Milwaukee. Two one Milwaukee. So Boston. Milwaukee Boston took the first one in Milwaukee. And we're thinking, oh, yes. Boston took one in Milwaukee. We got it. You know, we we don't care if we lose the next one because we're going home. We got the home crowd. But now Boston's in a two-one hole. That was a big win, though. I, I was impressed. So, like, th- that was the one game in the series that, that that I actually watched. And the fact that they came out and, be- and, won- and beat them by twenty-two mm-hmm. is actually quite impressive. Uh, I'm, I just got to give them props to that one. It shows what they can do. And I know they lost the last two games coming yeah. in, but it shows that they hey they have the potential to outscore the Bucks by a pretty decent margin at 22, as you said. You're right. So, Eric, Eric, what do we got? What's the diagnosis? Well, originally, the I had a prediction that the Bucks are going to take the series by six. I still think it's going to go that way, regardless of what happens tonight. I think tonight's going to be a crucial, crucial game for the Celtics. If they don't win this one, then the series is over. They're going to lose in five in Milwaukee. But Boston five. I think that I know that, that kills my heart, but I just think the Celtics really needed that game three. And the fact that they just came out flat-footed in that third quarter, which they have been doing the past couple games... It just shows that lack of consistency that Boston has had this season. And it's just so frustrating. Like, as a Celtics fan, I witnessed this, like, all year. Just this lack of inconsistency, like, I mean, not, excuse me, lack of, like, vacant inconsistency. Just the lack of, like, consistent play that they've had with their team, like they've had, like, the last couple years. But this game four is crucial. They don't win this one. The series is over. But I still think the Bucks are going to win this series in six. I think just looking at the past two games, the body of work, the Bucks are simply the better team when they're, all their shooters are on, when Giannis is playing well. I just think they're the better team. They're still my Eastern Conference favorite to win. So awesome. So Eric and Eric and Sean, before we let you guys go, give this is our last show of the year. Sean, I know your first time uh, on air, and and you know impromptu, just kind of walked in with us and was like, yeah, let's bring him on. You know, let's <laughs> roll with it. Yeah. So um, Eric and Sean, what's your favorite sports moment of the year? It can be Quinnipiac uh, hockey. It can be. It can be. You know, puppy bowl, whatever, whatever you want. It could be the Westminster Dog Show. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys, give it to me. Mr. John, you want to start? You're starting this. I'm starting. Yeah. On the spot. Oof, you got me thinking. Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess probably like one of the biggest moments in sports that I've I've witnessed is probably I'm going to tell a Quinnipiac sports moment is when kind of that huge comeback that Quinnipiac the basketball team had against Ryder. Oh, that was a great. That was just a great night, a great game, and. That team had just like made the most improbable comeback I've seen. When I was like looking at the game like in class, because I was like looking at my phone, I was like, "Oh, Quinnipiac's down ten. There's no way to come back." After classes over a few minutes, I checked my phone. I was like, "Wait, the Bobcats won. They're in overtime." Yeah. Like, how did they do that? Like, that's just crazy. Like, the amount of times they've had that type of comeback this season, like, 
at home, which is truly remarkable. I was at and that game, and it was snowing. It was horrible. I barely got up the hill to go to the game. And we were sitting behind the Quinnipiac bench, and there was this one guy in a really tight jersey, and he had really skinny legs. So so <laughs> he goes to the free throw line, and we, and we go, tight jersey. Oh and then we uh, and and then I yell out, "Kid skips leg day." The kid broke five it. free throws oh, in the last four yeah, seconds of the game, go. and uh, Aaron and Andrew Robinson openly said that that we were the reason why they won that game. That we need to have that type of crowd aspect more of those basketball I, games. Not I, a lot of people go. I'm, I'm trying so hard, man. I I've been working my a off um, to try and <laughs> to, to try and figure it out, but like it's you know what it is like people just don't appreciate basketball anymore, especially uh, especially on a at a mid-major school, it just it isn't it goes underappreciated. Yeah, hey, yeah. We're, I'm trying to make steps in student governance and improve that next year. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That. The plans are in the low right now, but Sean, you're, you'll you'll figure it out next year. Couldn't be Sean, you were students. Sean, you were deep in thought there while Eric was talking. Do you have one? Yeah, um, definitely. I was covering that game that Steve talked about with the uh, he skips leg day. Uh, at first, I thought they were talking to me because it's true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you do <laughs> all the time, but not real. Um, no, I, I want to selfishly. <laughs> I want to selfishly say watching the Rangers get the number two pick in Capo Caco, but honestly, well, assuming Capo Caco, but uh-huh. honestly, it's seeing on Twitter a lot of these, and I'm a big hockey guy, so I'm going to go with that, just a lot of these moments of uh, players interacting with fans. I remember specifically, I think it was Carey Price, He there was a fan along the um, exit to the tunnel, and the fan, I think the kid had just lost his mom, and he was literally, Carey Price took off his stuff, gave the kid a hug, and the kid was crying into Carey Price's shoulders. Like, it literally brought a tear to my eye. And it just shows that how athletes kind of transcend their role. And that it just really shows how human they, they actually are. We look at these people like they're gods among men, but, they, you know, they're just another guy who is comforting a kid who's upset. And Absolutely. That's definitely one of my favorite touching moments. moment. Sean and Eric, I am sorry, but, I mean, we, we, we <laughs> I wish we had more time. I wish we had a two-hour slot so we could get you guys in for an hour. We let's can get the next from, out of from, a plug. Hey, maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year. Let's maybe just next push year. FTV <laughs> out for, uh, for the hour. Uh, uh, dude, guys, just so you know, Eric Kerr, he did write an article about us for uh, one of his finals. Uh, that is actually going to be posted on our Facebook page nice. in the coming days. Oh, yeah. Sean and Eric, thank you guys so much for coming in. We have to take a short break. Let's actually shout. Let's start, let's shout Sean on. Uh, sh- let's shout out Sean right now. So you're in the booth, WQAQ. Yeah, on uh, Twitter and SoundCloud. Beautiful. All right, there we are. What's the name of the show? In the booth. In the booth. In the, in the booth. Oh, Dude. I missed Dude. that. What time are you all on? <laughs> uh, this semester it was two o'clock on Thursdays. Next, I think I have a class at that, so we'll be changing the time next semester. But we'll still be around. All awesome. right. Keep we're we're going to take a short break. Change some kids in the studio. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show.
aquellos que viven con gran honra, llenos de valentía y comprometidos a una causa mayor. Siempre han defendido a nuestra nación y así lo seguirán haciendo. The Few, The Proud, The Marines. Small Talk Salon in Hamden specializes in men's and women's haircuts, color, extensions, and styling for all occasions. And it's only a short drive from the Quinnipiac campus. Small Talk Salon is located on Whitney Avenue, right off the Route 40 connector in the Mount Carmel Plaza. Hours and appointments are available at 203-821-7584 or online at smalltalksalon.com. Again, that's 203 203- 821-7584 or online at smalltalksalon.com. Some funk, Steve. See, this is all. This is Steve's pick right here, dude. This is a great song. This is. I, I, I think it's a great song. I I've been on a funk kick for a while, and uh, I literally have a, have a whole playlist called uh, Motown and the Funk, and it's uh, highlighted by Thank You, and then um, Maxine Nightingale is one of the one hit wonders of the '70s, called uh, Right Back Where We Started From. Incredible, incredible song. Well, we just did a little switcheroo change here. We are so. Blessed to be joined by the stars of Primetime WQAQ, Mike and Dan Kagan. Quick little line change. Uh, <laughs> let's get pucks deep. Let's go. The original. Speaking of getting pucks deep and line changes, oh, the geez. NHL playoffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Jackets are currently playing the Bruins. I'm at a, I'm Eight at a clock left. out. The guys are going nuts. <laughs> Bye, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm going to clock AFK. out. Oh, yeah, well. So, <laughs> yep, I'm AFK. The Bruins scored a goal. It was overturned. The guys are going nuts. Uh, Outside as we were wrapping up, but uh, unbelievable. It's not even as close as when they score and we're in our dorm room. We run around screaming. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. I, look, this this series has been everything you'd want in a series. I Columbus coming off of sweeping Tampa Bay, uh, endless, endless, endless potential. They hit their potential right when they needed to. Still have no idea how the hell. I have Columbus I have no idea how either. That. But the Bruins have proven that they are now uh, three times better than Tampa Bay. Could be four times better than Tampa Bay tonight, and the series is over, to go play a, a hot, super white hot Carolina team. And I'm not going to... jerks. I'm not, the, the jerks, the bunch of I jerks. I love that. We'll get into that, but keep going no, with your and, and in a series where the first two or three games are dictated by the third and fourth lines and defense and goaltending, the goaltending in the series has been phenomenal. From both sides. Hate on Tuka Rask all you want. All of us have been there. All of us have hated on Tukaras for letting for Guilty. everything. He is playing. He is the best player in this playoffs for the Bruins. He is the MVP of this team, without a doubt. And within the last two games, Pasta's back. Bergie's scoring. Marshan after a four four games. No, it was three games with no points. Gets three points in last. Or uh, what was it? What game was it? Game four. How many days ago was that? Like two. Game yeah, five. like two or three. Game five. And, you know, to the team, he's at, he's at a loss for words right Jeez, now. Because, is... because, hold on, because I don't want to jump to a conclusion. It, it really... I don't want to jump to conclusions because, oh, I want to start thinking about Carolina. I can't because the team's, you know, 0-0. They just got a goal disallowed. I can't, you know, jump the gun and go, oh, yeah, they're going to beat Carolina. No, I don't care about that. Take it a game at a time. But if they go back to Boston, teams don't like playing in Boston. So I have, I'll, be, I'll hedge my bets. When it comes to Mike to being lost for words currently, it comes from oh, yeah. undying love for the Bruins. So, with the Patriots, whenever we talk trash to anybody and any other fan, they back it up by winning Super Bowls. The Bruins, on the other hand, struggle a little bit. The Bruins, on the other hand, will go to the second round and get whooped by Tampa. But by always Tampa. Hey, this year, I mean, they're pretty close. Is this is, is this the Bruins' year? I I don't know about that because I mean, gotta, I mean if there's any year, then, if there's any year yeah. I've seen in the, since 2011 or 2012 or 2013 this is the year yeah you don't have you don't have to deal with Tampa 
You don't have to deal with Pittsburgh. You don't have Chicago to deal with is irrelevant. Washington's yeah. out. Chicago in the Western Conference is out. You can't play them in the cup and lose. Again. No LA Kings. Your road to get there has been beating Toronto, which was forecasted about eight months ago in Game 7 in Boston. Really? <laughs> for memes. Um, and then you go on and play Columbus. If this team was to lose to Columbus in the second round, I have no idea how. I have no idea what would happen. Heads will roll. Heads will Mike roll. is on the side of blowing up the team partially. Yeah, I get, think that's a little too extreme. No, 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 no not blow it. Yeah, yeah, no, not blow it up, but get rid of play. You know what? What Toronto is doing? Toronto is getting rid of you know some core pieces. Yeah, core pieces because they suck. Yeah, but how how hefty of a change? I, and I don't know because if you if they lose to Columbus in the series, right? That means their ceiling would have been proven to be the second round, and you can't in Boston have a ceiling of not anything other than a title. And I don't know what they would do. I love Bruce Cassidy as a coach. He's a great coach. He I he came as an intern, and everybody was like, ah, this guy's going to be done in like six months. Who cares? No. He actually is an unbelievable at drafting. He's unbelievable at talent scout. He's unbelievable at making lines and getting mismatches. Pasternak was playing on the third line, the second line, first line, all over the place. And he's and to get him going, and he has got him going. He scored the game-winning goal. In the like, first series, in the first series, we saw that they tried to avoid matching him with Jake Muzzin, and they put him even on the third line with Charlie Coyle and, and Sean Corrali, Chris Wagner. They'd be matching lines. Twenty seventh person Wags, twenty yeah. seventh man, thirty seventh David Backus man. moving in and out of the lineup when it comes to physicality. That's been phenomenal. Giving that guy some rest, even though he should be playing every night against Columbus at least. That's the biggest atrocious cap hit for a player I've ever seen. Two more years, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. So we've talked. So I want to get uh, your final takes on this Bruins. Oh shoot, we have a caller. Oh, oh, we have oh a okay. <laughs> All right. So I Matt. Matt just pointed. Oh, they just. How would we call oh. callback? Oh, okay. Here oh, they are. Here they are. Oh, 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 all right. Now, okay. It's been a long time. So <laughs> if I drop you, I'm so sorry. And then hit the one in the middle, middle, middle. That one. Yeah. And then hit it again. Are we here? I think we're here. Hello, caller. Can you hear us? Hello, yes, I can hear you. Hey, what's your name and uh, where are you from? My name's uh, Muscha Malone. I'm from uh, Winnipeg, Canada. Okay. All right, all right, all right. What's your question? Do you consider uh, racing a sport? Do we consider... Like racing cars. Racing cars? Like NASCAR? Any any kind of racing. You can do a rally race, do ice racing they have in Canada. Um, they have ice racing in Canada? I'd have to be no, more okay, educated. Of I course they have ice racing in Canada. It's frozen nine do months out of the 12 months. All right, don't assume that. Over my own Canada's a great place. And say, do I ice race? Do I? <laughs> okay, yeah, no. let, let, this, let this guy... No, I think racing's a sport. I, I mean, I, I ran... I ran. Yeah, of course it's a sport. It takes effort, okay? I ran I ran track. All right, you know what? A track, right, is so not, track is not a sport, okay? Whoa, whoa, no track's not a sport. Takes no skill to run. Takes no skill to run, dude. Go run an eight hundred against me. Take, take. I I'm ran. Just saying, I'm just saying, bro. It takes no skill to run me with. Eight hundred okay. against you, Jack. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take me. Okay. When in my okay, so I ran track in high school. Okay. It is okay. extremely hard to run at an elite level and keep up. Like, can you think you can keep up with some of the fastest runners in the world? I can keep up with any Kenyan runner I would like to. All right, look, Jack, the only thing I'm going to say to combat you on this is that you've now finished a year of college. The freshman 15 is a very real thing. You are not in the <laughs> athletic mode that you were in. Uh, Thank you. Okay, there, okay. But to okay, answer uh, here, okay. our friend's question here, I think racing definitely you is You guys a sport. have a great night. I love your radio show. Please, okay? I love you guys. Please have a nice night. All right. All right. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, all right. First of all, I don't know what that was, but uh, we gotta like that was a random. That was our first random caller. What? Jeez. <laughs> Where was he? Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Winnipeg Canada? Canada. Oh my god. I love he just accent. told. He just told me to my face that track's not a sport. Yeah, I don't. I can't agree. Track with that. is the That's only and you, sport. And you just told a man from Canada that Canada's frozen nine months out of the year. Burlington, Vermont. What grounds do you have to speak on? All right. So so anyway. So we so we gotta get. Uh, get Get you guys out soon, unfortunately. But so Bruins, Bruins Jackets. Do you guys see Boston taking it tonight? Yeah, I think finishing so, yeah. it up. I'm always confident, so I'm just gonna. All right. So the next big matchup that that we got to discuss, obviously, uh, the Sharks and the Avs. So Martin Jones has been sitting on his head for the last three nights. Uh, three nights. Uh, San Jose leads the series three to two. They're gonna be in Colorado tonight. What are your guys' thoughts? 
San Jose is the best team in the West, and they've been the best team in the West for the entire playoffs since the beginning. And I told you, I was talking to Dan with the Vegas series going on. Vegas was winning. Vegas was doing great. Vegas was the favorite in that series. San Jose can't beat Vegas. The meme goes on and on. San Jose can't win Game 7 at home. They never can, and uh, they did. They did. Out of They beat Vegas at home. Okay, okay, and okay. All right, but that is just, like just like the caps. Just like the caps. There's an asterisk I, on I that game. I told you. I told you. You're right. The caps. You were right about the caps. Told okay. You. They One year wonder. Choking. They One year wonder. Still got their cup. I know they still, still got. Ovi Ovi can summer. flex that cup forever and go on benders for months know, upon end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you know. Okay, so so let's um. Oh my god. Uh, you can't. You can't. You can't be doing that to us right now. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> so nice. So next up, uh, game seven uh, is on is tomorrow night. The Stars and the Blues. The star. I'm pulling for the Stars because if the Stars win, the Rangers acquire another first round pick. The Stars are really interesting. They're like the Stars are super. I interesting. think they're I finally. Think... So my belief here is that Jamie Benn and uh, Tyler Sagan, Jason Spezza, that core has finally realized that this is one of their only last chances to go for it and go on a run. And I feel like Jamie Benn isn't just really invigorating that team to just play at their full potential. I mean, they're different. You've got to think about people like Ru- uh, Rupe Hintz. Ru- Rupe Hintz. Rupe, uh... Miro Heiskanen. Oh, he's filthy. Oh, my God. And and you got to think about the best net contender, Ben Bishop, who I believe should win John the best. John Klingberg's back there. Uh, dude, they're an interesting team. You know, Dal- Dal- hockey in Dallas never really stuck out to me, but it's interesting. Oh I like God. it. Oh, my God. What? I just got a notification on my phone that said Jonathan VR hit a grand slam and the Orioles lead the Red Sox four nothing. Oh yeah. man, wow, that's a uh, that's oh. a big bummer. They're, they're, the Red Sox are starting this guy named Josh Smith. Who's that? Don't <laughs> you're asking me, dude? Oh, that's like a computer generated player. Oh. Yeah, that's what I said. So, what do you guys think? Do you think Dallas is going to pull it out tonight? That's tomorrow. They're going to beat I the Blues. Ho- I would hope so. I think that series has been a coin flip every game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so they do, but I mean, if they go go to you know go game seven, I don't. St. Louis was my it. pick to win the Western Conference, so yeah, because they fought each other in practice at the beginning of the year, yeah. and now they're a wagon. So who do you guys have to uh, to be in the final piece? I mean, little currently, little, just decide. based off the latest hockey I've watched, I would say it'd be the Bruins and the Blues. All right. I would love that. I would go Bruins and Sharks too. Bruins yeah, and Bruins and Sharks. And that's and who you think is going to show up in the uh, Stanley Cup? If finals? there if but there is if the Bruins are in the Stanley Cup final. I don't think it's watchable. I don't think really? I, don't, I don't really think it's watchable. It I'm would it wouldn't be good for the league either. I'm it gonna I'm gonna very much disagree with you on that. If for, the for Bruins are in the Cup Finals, please? no, it's bad for the league if Bruins aren't in the Cup. Oh finals. yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, I so here's my only 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 fifth thing to come about this, and this is gonna kind of go back to what you said about uh, if the Bruins don't win the series, they should uh, scrap everything or or have a uh, a purge. Columbus coming into the year had the thought of we're gonna trade we're gonna get rid of Panarin we're gonna get rid of Dubinsky we're gonna get rid of Warinsky we're gonna get rid of literally everybody everything's gone and then they come out and literally a a, a huge fire sale none of it none of it happened and then the morale they hit they they got hot at the right time they took out the lightning mostly because they they figured out what most teams couldn't do and they managed Braden Point Steven Stamkos and uh, Nikita Kucherov to like two points total for the whole series. But but, but like the, but the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're they're on such a surge, and, I, and I, 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 it's not fair to say the Bruins should have should have a fire sale if they lose a series because you know what yeah does it show the ceiling it, 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 is is the, the second ceiling round? is yes. not the roof yeah the ceiling is MJ. not the roof. <laughs> but the Blue ja- but the Blue ja- but the Jackets have been so hot this entire year that I'm not gonna combat the the idea of you know the Bruins I'll, going I'll down say this I'll say this it wouldn't be terrible for the league if the Bruins would make it. It just, the ratings would go, if it was like an L.A. Kings type situation where this eight seed went out of nowhere, like the Net Predators a couple years back, Kings so a couple years I back. I wanted to bring That'd up a cool trend. Every playoffs for the last couple years, we've had this fire sale, this fire wagon team that rolls out of the wild card or rolls out of total unexpected. Last year, all we heard was, Vegas isn't going to make it. Vegas was leading at Christmas. Vegas isn't going to make it. Vegas isn't going to do it. Then they, they went to the their whole cup rink finals. was banana lands and they rolled everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Biz for banana lands. But but <laughs> solid quote. The year before we had Nashville, country music everywhere. You got Blake Shen- Shelton sing the national anthem before every. That was game. wild too. They're going crazy. That place, Broadway in Nashville, was going. Sm- Smashville is yeah. on fire. Yeah, everywhere. And then this year we've got a bunch of jerks. I, I, yeah, if a totally bunch of, if the bunch of jerks it. won the the NH won the whole entire thing, won the Stanley Cup, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. 
But I'm saying, you know, if, if it's Carolina, Carolina, if it's Columbus versus San Jose, ugh, oh, I couldn't uh, watch that. Uh, I so, wouldn't watch it. So we got to move off the hockey trend here uh, just because we got to wrap up. But I haven't gotten you guys. I actually haven't really had a chance to talk to you guys about the Patriots draft of Nikhil Harry. Ah, uh, yeah, we've been. A, 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 Winovich, A. Yanni Kajust, I think. Damian Harris, a... Damian Harris, I, I we'll see how they incorporate him, but Probably Yanni like, Kajust, the left tackle, phenomenal. Pick. He's going to have a Burkhead role, and they're going to cut Burkhead, yeah. which is sad, because Burkhead is a special spot in my heart. Just, but, just yeah. a uh, total sidebar. Did choked up? <laughs> no, because he brought me to a fantasy final by himself two years ago. I had the worst team ever. I was 7-6. and six. I got in the playoffs in our 16-team standard league, and I got all the way to the finals as, as a six seed. Out of nowhere, because this dude went off. Just a quick sidebar before we go into the blitz. Uh, the Stanley Cup ratings have gone up every year since 2016, with teams like Vegas and Nashville in it. And so, I, so I feel like Columbus or Columbus and, and the Hurricanes, and in my opinion, I think, I think the uh, stars of the Avs are, are, are going to come to the West. Yes, they're small market teams, but I still think the ratings will be soaring. If ratings go up, that's fine. Just in my opinion, I just wouldn't want to watch a, a place or a, a team or Stanley Cup where people that that a good, a really good franchise team that everyone knows. To of. sum it up, the NHL is at its best when the original six are at their best. Yeah, I agree. All right, so r- real fast before I throw you guys out, what is both of your, uh, well, both of yours? Favorite moment of the year uh, in sports? Oh, my God. Can I go? You go first. No, you go first. All right. Uh, Easily, um, Boston 5, Toronto 1, Game 7, Eastern Conference, quarterfinals. I, that was phenomenal. Like I backed up that was all memes. the trash talk was, I talked yeah. this October to our friend uh, who's from Toronto. <laughs> yep. so. Wasn't that guy that just called from... Uh, no, no, he was on a hockey team. I don't know who that guy We is. told him. What about I, you? Go ahead. I got to say, it, it goes... My top five, it's a Patriots game. All right, it's a Patriots game. I'm not going to tell you which one yet, but I'm just going to give a hint. All right. I will, though. AFC Championship. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. Though, like, I all my Bull top by. five Patriots games ever have all been Super Bowls. You've got 49, 51, 53, even the last one, which was terrible. Terrible. Offensively. Last one was terrible. Well, last one was 53. Uh, uh, 52? 52 even. Yeah, with them losing. Um or even when Dan said the Ravens when when we went to the Ravens and beat them because no Billy, it was here but Billy Cundiff kind of missed, missed the field yeah goal and it was all that stuff. Rex, Rex Burkhead running it in to end the game on Pat Mahomes oh oh my God what a I never have jumped up and screamed so happy in my life me and Dan and my dad were running around our living room going crazy because we're like oh it happened two times two times this year like you losing a shootout to Tom. All right, All right, boys. Thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Now we got to get right into the Blitz for six. We've got four minutes left on the Bleachers, so let's just get right into it. So, as a Mets fan, I'm very upset by this, but um, Ron Darling, was uh, he, he, he's he been out for a good few weeks. Uh, he, was just, he was recently diagnosed today with thyroid cancer. Um, it's really oh, unfortunate. That's uh, a real bummer. One, one of the best trios in uh, the announcing game, I think easily, easily top three, uh, with Gary Thorne uh, out in Baltimore, and then Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Krugel in San Francisco. Uh, he says he'll be back in, in about a month, but I, I'm just so upset by this because it like he really did bring that uh, that gravitas that kind of that made the Mets broadcasting booth that that much greater. So so I, I don't really know how to pronounce this right here, but Donald uh, Don, Donald Cerrone Donald Cerrone takes down Al LaQuinta and challenged Conor McGregor. Yeah, so he challenged Conor McGregor to a fight. Uh, uh, out in July, and Conor McGregor has yet to really uh, answer much to it. Um, he was recently uh, singing karaoke with Jimmy Fallon, um, but I I don't know if Conor McGregor if, Con- if Conor McGregor is going to come back. Uh, I put a poll out a few days ago. People are saying that he should. It might happen, uh, but that's another one of those huge huge headlines. If Conor, McGregor, Conor McGregor comes back, a lot more money is going to his pockets. So so today, uh, Pablo Sandoval, which I, who I didn't even know is still playing MLB, MLB ball, he hit a home run. For the Giants, he stole a base, and he pitched a scoreless inning and a hitless inning. What a wagon! The Pablo Sandoval is making seven, seventeen million dollars, and the Red Sox still in deferred salaries. He's, <laughs> he, he's currently on the on the veteran minimum at like five hundred and a half thousand for the Giants. Ben Sherrington, we love you, dude. I, I don't know what it is. Also, Jack, you have horrible pit stains right now. I do. Uh, yeah. Oh, Yikes. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, sorry, I had to, I had to call you out. Call call out there. Out like but uh, but yeah, so Pablo Sandoval is uh, still playing baseball. Your uh, shirt looks up and to me. I look like a highlighter, like you said. <laughs> so, that was the most Vermont so, chirp I've ever heard. He said, <laughs> your shirt looks stupid. 
two last things, two last three things in the uh, baseball world. And uh, guys, please feel free to uh, pitch in here. So at the quarter mark of the MLB season, Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in baseball. What are her thoughts? Oh, jeez. Is Archer still pitching for them? No, no he's on the Pirates. He's on the Pirates. Oh, I hate um, that kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, most, most of MLB does, too. The Tampa Bay Rays, uh, we mentioned it, actually, in our MLB preview show, that they are the perfect team because they are just a bunch of War Zero players. And this year, they are they are just absolutely balling out. This team, it's kind of like their second year that this team is together. Blake Snell's elite. You have guys in the back end of that bullpen that you've never heard of, but they're elite. You've got guys like... Um, not Blake Snell. I'm trying to think. Uh, Tommy Pham. He's the leader of that offense. Kevin Kiermaier. He's coming up. He's yep. showing out. These this these Tampa Bay Rays. They're they're legit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna roll over on them. Our final thing uh, for the day is on this day in 1998. I was I was five months old. You guys weren't even born. Nope. Kerry Wood struck out 20 batters uh, for the Cubs. And yeah, that, that's hang on. Oh, before we, we go, do you, Mike and Dan, do you guys recognize it, who this guy is? Yeah. So you guys know that that's uh, Scott Zolak and Bob Sosie, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, Bob Sosie better be on from the bleachers. Is he here? <laughs> he's not. He's not here. He's calling. Oh, he's calling, he's in. calling in. No, Matt McAuliffe. Uh, God bless his heart. Uh, said he got Bob Sosie. Got Bob Sosie to call yeah, in. I want to meet that guy so bad. I do. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Before we leave, I think our show curse has ended. Tyron Lue and the Lakers are in process of of signing a deal to make Tyron Lue the next head coach All of the right, Lakers. We were the first to report it. <laughs> first ones to report it. Shout out to Bleacher Report for sending for shooting out the message a minute ago. I think our curse might have ended. That's all we have for the whole semester. This I'm year, holy cry. crap, man! Uh, I'm going to be here all of June. I'm going to try and uh, make make a, make some small podcasts. But from the Bleachers is next. They have a slew of things going they have on. So much going on, and guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Even this guy from Winnipeg who doesn't think tracks a sport. <laughs> thank you, Stop. thank you for tuning in. Thank you. I want to thank my family. This this first year at Quinnipiac has just been unreal, and I can't wait for what's ahead. So uh, you're listening to the Mac and Main Show on 98.1 from the Bleachers coming up right now.